Let's go to Atlantic City. I'll ask you about it on the show instead of ruining it. You ready? Howdy, it's Wednesday, October 3rd, and this is episode 82 of Two for a Win, the Atlantic City and Casino Biz podcast. I'm Kyle Askin, joined, as always, by Craig Stone. What's good, Craig? Uh, the importance of 1982. I did my homework. <laughs> it was when Playboy opted to sell the Playboy Casino instead of cutting ties with Hugh Hefner uh, because the New Jersey Casino Control Commission was like, hey, I hear you bribed some dude up in New York to open the Playbo- Playboy Club. So, anyways, that's it. That property later became Atlantis, Trump Regency, Trump World's Fair, and was demolished in 2000. So there's your history lesson for the day. Yeah. And now it is the location of a arcade, right? (laughs) And some otherwise empty (laughs) retail space. It is. Uh, If you want to know more about the Playboy Casino, there's a very good Travels Work article about the interestingness of the Playboy Casino and how it was very not American, very, like, European-focused, but... I mean, I guess they didn't care too much about selling it because I think it was just doing very poorly from the get-go. Well, so I, I just have to say that I'm happy that you did your homework because I was tired of doing it for you in the Facebook group. <laughs> After the fact, even? Yes. Yeah. Um, so I have a question for you, Craig. Uh, I know we talked last episode or a couple episodes ago about my trip to Atlantic City. I believe that you have one on the books for three weeks from now or something like that. Is yeah, that a thing that is happening? It's like two two weeks and two days or something like that. Uh, it's unclear if that is happening or not. We need to figure that out. Um, we have child care for one child, but not both. <laughs> I mean... Uh, so we need to figure that out. If you, like, drop the one child off and then, like, ditch the other one in a room around the corner, I don't see what the recourse is for the grandparents. Like, just, just drive off and be like, hey... Yeah. And, 50 and just call when you're driving away being like, oh, by the way, we left. <laughs> yeah. Vivian Vivian was in the bathroom. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. If we just left. That's a good point. I'm this. I like they wouldn't throw her out or let her die. So you, you, you would, would get what you wanted. Think. Right. I mean, it would be the end of any babysitting uh, going forward. Yeah. But sometimes you just got to shoot your shot. You know, it's like taking this <laughs> taking this hard rock room. You know, I'm not going to gamble much. This is my free room for Rocket Royalty. I may never get another free room at Hard Rock, but I'm going big, taking the chance, and we'll see what happens. Absolutely. It's like like no no playing the casino when you get a comp room. Yeah. Which is what you've built your career on. It is. And then just mooch off you uh, until I can build it back up. Although, as we've discussed, we'll never go to Atlantic City at the same time again, so I'm not really going to have that option. Yeah, we we need to get on that. We we said we would do it one more time in 2018, and I think that will still happen. Right, Craig? I'm optimistic about, like, a December. November? It might be December. Tough. We'll see. <laughs> let's, let's see what's... Maybe... Yeah, we'll see what we can do. So, speaking of trips, I have some news that people may or may not find interesting, but actually just today... Uh, me and one of my other buddies, Andy, who 
some of you have met at our various meetups we've had in Atlantic City, actually booked a trip to Hong Kong and Macau in February. So we will be going out there during Chinese New Year, oh my goodness. Uh, the, f- the first week of February from the 5th to the 12th. So if any of you happen to be in Hong Kong or Macau and you are interested in meeting up, I will definitely buy you maybe even nicer than the usual beer I buy our listeners in Atlantic City. I'll get you like a high class quality mixed cocktail. So the Do For A Win listener meetup will be at the... Macau version of the Boardwalk Saloon. Right. So you have you have your work cut out for you in figuring Whoa. out what the Macau version of the Boardwalk Saloon, Saloon is like way too expensive. I go to Mountain Bar. That's true. Yeah. Um, yes, you're right. Mountain Bar. Not Boardwalk we went to Boardwalk Saloon once, and we're like, this is a ripoff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Did not I mean, have the beer selection that we were promised. My understanding is that the the drinking and gambling are pretty separate in Macau. So. I don't know what the bar scene is like in the casinos. I'm sure they have places that sell alcohol, so I would not be concerned about my ability to pay up on my statement. But do they have places that make inside look like outside, fake mountain scenery, perhaps a train going across, preferably $3 course lights and and beer pong tables, and the world's largest Pac-Man? I will you after february 12th i mean we know where the world's largest pac-man is so it might be the world's second largest pac-man <laughs> that'd be pretty disappointing it is all, a big the, Pac-Man. all the way to macau to play the world's second largest pac-man right yeah it's basically just like you know ac light over there is what i'm told like <laughs> if you want to do it up big you go to ac it's macau, asia's like, best gambling destination but it doesn't hold a candle to atlantic city <laughs> yeah that's what I've heard from everyone. Oh, I'll I'll be able to confirm or deny, but I'm I'm super pumped to say the least. This is something that's been percolating in my head for quite a while, and I am excited both to go to Macau and also to Hong Kong, which by all accounts seems to be one of the absolute great cities in the world. So I'm I'm looking forward to it. So you've got four months of lead up time. If this were me, I would be spending every non work second meaning six and a half of my work hours of my work day, try, trying to figure out what I'm going to do, listening to any podcasts I can on the subject, <laughs> reading anything I can about the subject, and coming up with multiple alternative itineraries that I can use uh, depending on where I end up at any given time in Macau and Hong Kong. So what about, are you, I, I know you to be a planner to that level. Yes, indeed. (laughs) So to give you an example of my planning, I am flying tomorrow out of town to go to the Park Hyatt down in St. Kitts, which is supposed to be a very nice property, uh, just with my wife. And we have done literally zero planning. I reached out to a guy yesterday who runs a rental car agency there in St. Kitts. And I'm like, hey, I'm flying in on thursday night can i get a car and he's like well we'll be closed then but we'll just leave one out in the parking lot for you so that's my level of planning <laughs> apparently i might have a car just sitting in the airport parking lot and say gets waiting for me with like a key in the ignition i i assume so <laughs> uh is there and a- note i'm not getting in late it's like eight o'clock and there's only like really two flights that come in a day there <laughs> so is is there a casino i believe there is a casino in the marriott 
uh, I'm staying in the Park Hyatt, which is much newer and nicer and probably more expensive. Probably. But I've done literal zero planning, and that is happening tomorrow. Uh, well, you got Andy with you, and he's he'll do some research. He he likes to, you know, the, part of the excitement about the trip is planning the trip. I don't know. I'm not a big planner. I think you know that. Yes, I'm very well aware of that. That's uh, why I do things like go to Las Vegas for a bachelor party and then spend like two days in the poker room at Imperial Palace. <laughs> yeah, or at the one Pi Gao Tiles table at Harrah's. Oh, so good. Uh, anything else to say about Macau? Or will we just uh-huh. be uh- a regular feature on the podcast going uh-huh. forward where we briefly talk about... You know, probably Andy's planning for... <laughs> yeah, you can ask me about it every time we come on, and I will tell you I've done no further work. So, a- actually, Andy and I were talking about it today, after we booked our, our tickets. And since it is over the Chinese New Year, we are like, we probably should book a hotel room on at least the first two nights, sooner rather than later. So, who knows, that might actually happen soon. Otherwise, I wasn't even going to start looking for hotels until, like... December at the earliest, more likely January. February 1st. Probably it's... before February. But... <laughs> uh, I hear there are a lot of hotel rooms there, so that probably won't be such a problem. Yeah. I mean, I am concerned because of Chinese New Year, but I oh, think yeah, it'll be okay. okay. That's true. I think we're landing in Hong Kong, and then there's going to be giant fireworks to celebrate our arrival. That's what I've heard. Nice. Yeah, and then you're like, ooh, Kyle <laughs> and Andy are here. Do for a win podcast. It's probably not because of the Chinese New Year. It's because of the gambling celebrities that have arrived at that <laughs> yeah yeah do for a win podcast man yes. uh yeah so that's that's exciting stuff man yeah it's good so anyway you'll be hearing more about that and like i said i'm i'm super pumped to to get out there and and see a new city in a new part of the world for me uh so potentially sort of related is that you were on the vegas fan or the travel fanboy not the Vegas fanboy. The Travel with Fanboy podcast talking about credit card programs and, and credit card rewards and the value of your points and stuff like that. So everybody should check that out if you haven't gotten a chance. It was related. I think if you look at the cash value of the airline redemptions that were made today, I got a good value for my points. Though I think it's a bit inflated because if you're booking business, that's like 10 times more than coach. It's not really worth 10 times more than coach, I don't think, but... I mean, Some that's might a disagree. pretty long flight to be sitting in it, coach. It, there is certainly a premium on it because it's an 18-hour flight, but uh, it's still not 10 times more valuable, I don't think. Do you know what you should buy before you go on your flight? Nintendo Switch. Uh, it sounds like something I don't need to be lugging around <laughs> Hong Kong. It's small. It's portable. <laughs> you can play Mario Kart with other people on the plane. I have a thing called a laptop if I want to play a game. It's not the same. Uh, this is what everybody wants to hear about, by the way. Let's talk more about what games you can get on your Nintendo Switch. I know I say it every week, but probably so far our worst episode into for a win history. <laughs> We're just really like, it's like playing Limbo, right? You're, you just set the bar a little lower and you see if you can still get under there every yeah. week, every two weeks we go for it. Um, yeah. So, so why, right, why don't let's... we actually talk news? Yeah, there's there's not too too much news to talk about. We should blow through it pretty fast before getting to the kind of meaty part of our discussion, I think, at the end. But uh, yeah, let's let's blow through some news. So Hard Rock is replacing the Hard Rock Atlantic City Casino president, Matt Harkness, with Joe Lupo, who was running the Seminole Hard Rock Tampa. I don't 
think this is a huge surprise. I think when it was announced that Hard Rock had lured uh, Lupo away from Borgata, everyone assumed that was so he could help out with the Hard Rock Atlantic City. I mean, do you have any thoughts on it, really? Yeah, I mean, this, so when I first saw this get tweeted out by uh, David Dances from the Press of Atlantic City, and, and I think a couple other people also tweeted out Wayne Perry, it was kind of like, oh, only three months into Hard Rock's existence, they're already making a shake-up, right? And and it, I was kind of surprised, but not so crazy surprised, because their numbers have not been great, which we'll get into a little bit later. But then when I saw who they were bringing in, I was like, well, that's an upgrade, right? Like that, that's right. An, that's, I mean, that that was huge news when that when they lured him away to begin with. Right, I'm not even, like, I don't know anything about Mad Harkness, so maybe it's mean to say it's an upgrade, but, like, Joe Lupo was you know seemingly kind of the most publicly known uh executive at borgata certainly the person who got interviewed or appeared in most articles he's a senior vp uh, at borgata for quite a while and so yeah when he he when he went to hard rock i was really shocked when they said he was gonna go uh run the seminal hard rock tampa and so it's not too surprising that he then got pulled over and uh to to atlantic city and it seems like People really liked Seminole Hard Rock Tampa. Obviously, people loved Borgata when he was a senior VP at Borgata. So it'll be interesting to see what happens, like if he can sort of, uh, you know, work whatever magic it is and and if they make any changes in terms of marketing or player targeting or that kind of stuff. Um, You know, we we don't really know what anybody's specialty is as an executive. Like, we're not privy to any of that info. (laughs) (laughs) So it'll be interesting to see if we actually can tell if any of those changes will be perceptible to us. Um, it's not like a sports video game where you can pull up his stats and see what they are. Yeah, It's like Joe Lupo is a 96 in marketing. <laughs> That'd be great. That's the video game that only you and I would play. It would be a great game. Someone should work on it. Yes. They'd um, make 10 bucks each for me and you. Yeah. We should program it <laughs> in our free time. Patreon subscribers only. That's right. Yeah. We should start. We don't the... have any Patreon subscribers. What's up with that? We should no one's s- subscribing. Start the Kickstarter for our, <laughs> our gambling Madden game. Anyways. All of our merch is going unbought in our store. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We've talked about t-shirts and then we just keep like sort of kicking the can down the road on that. It's been good. Yeah, we, We're very would, proactive people. Ambitious, yes. I would say. Craig and I for years have talked about kind of selling some do for win t-shirts at cost, but it has not happened because it requires that <laughs> either of us do work, which is not a thing that is likely to happen anytime yeah. soon. I mean, neither of us are designers and are pretty much our only, uh, whatever only goal in the t-shirts is that they not look really tacky. And so I went and looked at potential design. Like there's people who you can pay just to do a t-shirt design. And like all of them are like Ed Hardy light. Uh, <laughs> that's not what you want. For and that for was win? not really what I want. Is I mean, that not how we want to represent our brand. If you could do it so it was so obviously intentionally tacky and like not in earnest, I would be on board. But I, that, it's a very hard thing to strike that balance where people don't think like, "Oh yeah, that's actually." What I don't know. Going you could for. just have like a black T-shirt with like big gold letters that just say "Do for a win" and that's it. If it was in like the Trump Plaza font, yeah, and it looked like it was straight out of the Trump Plaza. Done. Look, we just did. We did right now what we couldn't do for two years. It, I, you need to figure some figure out some way to have a gaudy chandelier and like mirrors <laughs> on it, on the shirt, like mirrored armpits, 
Like, so that when you lift up your arms, it's actually, like, the mirrors mirroring off each other. I think that's very, like, Trump Plaza. Just so. Like, just like going down a Trump Plaza escalator. The Margarita, Margarita. Casino <laughs> Area Resorts is gone and being replaced by a sports betting lounge, according to Linda and the Everything AC Casino Group. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the Everything not AC Group. a big group. loss, right? Well, people are really disappointed in the Everything AC Group. They liked that area. It's kind of off the casino floor. It's a little less uh traveled so you know you can kind of be off and be quieter um, i don't know if i've really seen that the actual area be open it's always open it's just slots though and it doesn't it's not really margaritaville branded except there's like a surfboard up mm. on the ceiling or on the wall or something uh we're talking about kind of like the the front of the casino yeah it's right by the noodle bean, bar the boardwalk front yeah so it's before yeah, it's... you go down the stairs to the real casino floor yeah, um, so that's going to get replaced by a sports betting lounge. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I remember when they first opened it, like, I really liked the the Margaritaville Casino in Vegas at the Flamingo. So I was like, this is going to be awesome at resorts. Like, it fits right in. Uh, it'll be very pink and have, you know, whatever they call it, grass skirt dealers and, and all that. I mean, not dealers, but uh, cocktail waiters and all that stuff. And instead, it was just, like, some slot machines with like some Jimmy Buffett's lyrics on the wall. And apparently you could never get a cocktail waitress there because it was disconnected from the rest of the casino floor. Uh, so I, I never actually played in that area. I don't feel like I missed out on anything. Uh, I'm assuming you feel the same way. Yeah, no. I've, I mean, I've eaten at the East Wind up there and I've looked out at it and it wasn't too much to look at. So I don't think this is a big loss but apparently people disagree with me in the everything ac casino group uh so so the everything ac groups had a couple tidbits for us the last couple episodes so go check out that group if you have not i mean it's way 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 bigger than us our group so if if you're listening to this you're probably in it so you also have here that resource is getting a wet willies yes same same kind of shopping mall area so I yes, mean, so there's I don't wet know. Have you have you bought a wet willies at Tropicana? I have. It was very good. Hmm. Um, it's I don't high, think I have high alcohol content, which is you know, that's the thing I like. And frozen drinks. I think that's the only one, right? In uh, in Tropicana, the Trop is the only one I can think of. For some reason, oh well, there there. I don't know if there's was still there still one, one in, in like the, the playground? playground. Yes, it was at yeah. the in the playground right at the entrance, but I don't know if that's still there. Yeah, I think that's gone. Um. So. Just like everything else in the playground. Yeah. Uh, if it is not actually gone, someone correct us. But mm-hmm. uh, if you want to get your frozen drinks, which, uh, you know, you can also get at the Landshark Bar, Kyle Askin approved Landshark Bar. Yeah. Uh, and surely... One of the great areas in Atlantic City. I'm sure it will meet, be in our best slash worst of 2018 episodes. <laughs> uh, in case you didn't hear the last episode... Kaya was very not high on the Landshark Bar and Grill. Um, but yeah, Margaritaville, Landshark Bar and Grill, there's going to be no shortage of frozen cocktails at the resorts, that's for sure. Uh, all right, more things opening. Rock Team yeah. at the Hard Rock, where you can get your gas and your Red Bulls and whatever else it is that you want. For your comp dollars. For your comp dollars. So I think right now they're actually not accepting comp dollars. Oh. That system's not set up yet, or at least it wasn't as of a week or so ago. Um, so presumably that will be up soon since that's kind of the whole draw, right? <laughs> you can use your comp dollars on the way out. Uh, so it is open. 
So if you're going to the Hard Rock or leaving the Hard Rock and you need to get gas, it's one of the very few gas stations actually on the island of Atlantic City, oddly enough. Um, so, yeah, it's there. It's open. Go get your yeah. gas. Uh, you can't pump it yourself. It's important. <laughs> Everybody gives New Jersey shit for that, but it's great. No, it's not great. Why is it great? I don't have to get out of the car. It's ridiculous. I don't understand why people want to go someplace and shop. It's, it's like bagging your own groceries. I always bag my own groceries for oh, one. That's the worst. Two. It's, it's them making you do their work for them. It's it's not that the fact that you like can't get out of your car. It's the fact you don't have the choice, right? Yes. Like if there was self-serve and full serve, like if that was a rule in New Jersey, that would be fine. Like no one would complain about that. Like whatever. But the fact that there is no self-serve is just ridiculous. Yeah, we have the better of the two options. And then you just sit in your car and you're like, maybe a guy's going to come to my car and take my credit card soon. Maybe yeah, not. That only, knows? only happens on the turnpike rest stops. Nowhere <laughs> else is there ever a wait. Anyways, mm. all my New Jersey people know that they don't like <laughs> that they don't like pumping their gas. Anyways, Oregon also. Yeah, although they're changing that apparently, and there was some backlash. Yeah, I think they've changed it in the rural parts of the state, mm. is what I've heard. But Interesting. anyway, El Dorado Resorts has completed their acquisition of Tropicana, so everyone can prepare themselves for the promised cut in comps that is maybe coming, maybe not. Yeah. So <laughs> Do you want to talk a little bit more about the deal? Yeah, I'll link to the press release. You can read it. It's It doesn't say much. I will not lie. What it says is that they now have, I think, 26 properties uh, across the country. Uh Four of those are Tropicana branded, branded properties. So in the seven that they acquired, it's uh, Tropicana's in Atlantic City, Laughlin, Evansville, Indiana, and Greenville, Mississippi, the Mont Blue in Lake Tahoe, the Lumiere Place in Missouri. Uh, there's another Lumiere that is not included. And then the Bell of Baton Rouge. So those are the, the ones that come over in this purchase. They already owned four Lady Luck casinos, three El Dorado casinos, eight Isle or Isle of Caprice Casinos, and then some other stuff like Silver Legacy, Circus Circus in Reno, Grand Victoria in Elgin, Illinois, the Mountaineer in West Virginia, and the Presque Isle in Erie, Pennsylvania. I feel like there are some decent uh, casino names in there that would be Mark and Dr. Mike approved on, on You Can Bet on That. <laughs> we need to get their opinion on things like the Presque Isle Casino in Erie, Pennsylvania. Yeah. Presque Isle is good. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's totally like a wait-and-see thing, right? I mean, yeah. what can I we mean, really know? I've already been on the record saying that it's a ridiculous thing to expect a company to not to follow through on their promises to make things worse for customers, but <laughs> I really just don't think they're going to kill comps as badly as it sounded like they were going to on their like call to go over the acquisition. Yeah, I just... Especially now with all the rooms there, Caesars seems like they're just giving out rooms like water um, because of their whatever bottom line issues. Uh, that may be more Vegas than AC, although I expect that give it a month and you'll see similar stuff in AC. Uh, here is a, a thought exercise that is totally meaning, meaningless, um, a hypothetical, because it's not going to happen. If they were to create a unified players club for El Dorado... That gets okay. you 
now whatever it is 26 properties across however many states mm-hmm. um is there does that interest you at all no because there's no vegas properties there's no vegas properties but if you want laughlin nevada reno if you want to go to reno they've got several reno properties i actually would love to go to reno at some point but i've been but i was not 21 yeah i've been to carson city which is like 10 miles away but i have not ever been to the city of reno i would like to go again it's very like downtown vegasy like it feels very walkable and small towny it's a little like mm-hmm. grittier than vegas probably I'm not an expert, so if anybody totally disagrees with me on any of these things, I, I would not be surprised because, you know, I haven't been in, whatever, 13, 14 years, and I couldn't actually gamble. But, right. uh, yeah, I'd like to go and check out things like the Silver Legacy and the Circus Circus Reno. I know I'm that's also, what you like. Yeah, I'm, yeah, anything Circus Circus is what I like. But uh, I'm also not an expert, so don't at me with saying it's 20 miles away or five miles away or something. Cause I don't want to hear it. <laughs> uh, yeah. So look for changes in your comps going forward. Yeah. Well, we'll see. I don't, I don't know. I did lose my Saturday comps at trop, but Oh, it's the Eldorado. It's the yeah, Eldorado maybe. effect. Or maybe it's the fact that I've not played them very much the last <laughs> five times I've stayed there. <laughs> It's more like fixing the glitch, I think. No, it has nothing to do with it. It's just this takeover. (laughs) That was actually the last line of the press release. I couldn't believe it. It was like, Kyle, you're screwed. Yeah. I was shocked. Anyways, um, this takeover Like, remember that time we said we were going to give you the South Tower and you got West? Yeah, more more like that's coming your way. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, At least they're straightforward about it. Yeah. So if you remember back to early in the podcast... One of the most frequent topics that we talked about was the New Jersey State takeover of Atlantic City. Do you miss those times when that was no, like was, the those dominant? Those were the bad old days. That was before we knew what we were doing. It was. And it was a lot. We of... actually tried to stay on topic instead of just rambling about whatever came to mind. Yeah. So, uh, for those of you who might be new to the podcast, I'll do like a very brief explainer of what's going on. So, Atlantic City a few years ago more or less completely ran out of money because of years of mismanagement and also, you know, some level of a lot of their revenues going to the state of New Jersey and not back into the city. And so there are all these tax reassessments for all the casinos. And so uh, their tax base just eroded like crazy. Right. But yeah, basically, you know, the big thing was the downturn and how that affected the property values of the casinos and how that affected the property tax that the city was making and so anyway the state had to bail them out and as part of that there was long long very long drawn out situation of like is the state just going to take over governance of the city or are they not and are they going to allow Atlantic City to keep like the local government that is in charge of the city and in the end the state took over the city of Atlantic City and they are running it And Phil Murphy ran for governor on the campaign promise of ending the state takeover, which truly his main campaign platform, I would say. I mean, isn't that the only thing that the voters in New Jersey cared about? I think, yeah. (laughs) Are you telling me that was not the number one? (laughs) It was on the posters, like on people's lawns. It was like Phil Murphy ending the takeover. (laughs) Uh, I know that's what you and all your buddies in Hoboken and Jersey City were talking about. It is, yeah, absolutely. 
so anyway he ran on uh one of the things he ran on was ending the state takeover in atlantic city actually both candidates for governor ran on that so uh but anyway it turns out he is not going to end the state takeover and he's going to keep it going as is although he does not call it the takeover which chris christie did call it he calls it a partnership right where the state has all the power the city has none yeah so apparently Um, there's going to be a bunch of you know studies done and and all this junk like groups and uh but basically not much changing task forces committees all the good stuff that you love from your state bureaucrats uh but basically it's staying in place and may stay in place for the full term of what christie suggested which is another three years um but it's weird because the response you know everybody there was a lot of talk if you listened back to the uh atlantic city story podcast back when they were still doing that at press of ac there was talk about you know the mayor the mayoral race was a big deal because there was a sense that whoever comes in is going to get a better positioned city financially to run and they were going to get some autonomy back because the feeling was whether it was, uh, I think it was what Kim Guadano or uh, Phil Murphy who won the governor's race. It was sensed that like either there was no appetite to continue the state takeover or Murphy actually saying like, I'm going to end it. Like uh, that's something I'm planning to do. Uh, but it seems like there was a lot of sort of, yeah, we'll believe you when you actually come in and, and look at the books and make that decision. <laughs> and so it, there wasn't a lot of shock and awe and surprise when this information came out. I don't know if there has been more of that locally because, you know, neither of us are local. So maybe within the city there's more outrage, but we certainly haven't heard much of it uh, spread out from there, um, you know, from the press of AC, So. I don't know. It's. Uh, I mean, I think there's just some fatigue about the whole situation. Sure. Honestly. Yeah, and and I think also it's possible that it's it's now sort of the status quo, right? Like it's in place. People probably didn't really notice things change too much in their day to day lives. Like I'm guessing no. the average resident yeah, just didn't really it's, notice. It's the kind of thing that it really doesn't affect people's day to day lives a whole lot. So it's just not something most people care about, even if you are a resident of Atlantic city. So it affects you the most it possibly could. I still suspect it didn't really affect your life. Yeah. So Um, it is what it is. Yeah. Although we certainly used a lot of words in early episodes of the podcast. So if you want to go back and listen to all those and get caught up on, (laughs) if you want some just like line by line recounting of, New Jersey state politics and how it deals with Atlantic City local politics. Early do for win episodes are just what you need. And sure. for the normal people out there, if you're really having a hard time falling asleep, early do for win episodes. We'll fix you right up. Yeah. Well, hey, we've been told that we, our podcasts have helped young children yeah, go right that, to sleep. That is true. We have been told that by one of our guests in the past. I so. think I think it's a demographic that we're really not going after very well. Young gamblers? Young attempted sleepers. <laughs> young insomniacs. <laughs> a truly underserved market. Uh, As a man with two young children, I will say they are never attempted sleepers. They will occasionally sleep, but it's always against their will. Yes. Yeah. Attempted is the wrong word. <laughs> uh, yeah, reluctant sleepers. Yes, go with that. So, so what we're revenue here to talk data. About, let's do it. Yeah, it came out a 
know, almost a month ago at this yeah. point. Cause yeah, we're, we're what, seven so days far. away from the September data or probably right. next Friday or something. Or well, let's, let's jump in and do a little bit of sportsbook talk first, I think, before we get down to the stuff I, I actually care about, which is the, the casino. So do you want to run through the sports betting portion of this? Yeah, I'll link to a Wayne Perry uh, Associated Press article about the sports betting in August. It's We'll see if I can keep saying August throughout this because it's October now. Um, so New Jersey sports books, which it does include outside of Atlantic City sports books, Monmouth Park and um, Meadowlands, took in $95.6 million in bets. And when you see that number, it's like, oh, my God, that's that's a huge percentage of what Atlantic City takes in as a whole in casino revenue. Except this is not this is not revenue, really, right, because they have to pay out a lot of these bets. This is what was wagered. Um, so good to keep that in mind when you see these things, uh, actual revenue, uh, Meadowlands, not surprisingly because of its location close to New York city, uh, made $3 million. And, and these numbers, part of the problem with reporting on these numbers is that, you know, there are a bunch of outstanding bets. So it's the, the sort of betting amount is probably more relevant than what they actually bring in. Um, because they're going to have to pay out a bunch of bets in the future. Like the, it sort of gives you a better idea of the interest. You may, do you agree with that? Or do you think the revenue is more important? I don't know. I, I think, yeah, I guess the, just like how much is, is bet is more important. Yeah. So that makes it a little tougher because you can't just like tack that number on to the, yeah. the casino. I mean, revenue. however, I mean, here's the thing. We've been following the casinos forever, and we actually use revenue, and we mentioned that, like, hey, there's a lot of variability in these numbers because if, like, the biggest whale comes in and loses a bunch in blackjack, that's going to make just, like, juice their revenue a ton, and if he wins a bunch, it's going to kill their revenue. So, right. But we've never changed to actually putting the drop in, which we, we could have done. Yeah. Do they still so report I think that? Just directly? sticking with revenue is fine. Yeah, let's do it. Um, so Resorts Digital, which is DraftKings, made $2.9 million. That's not too surprising because DraftKings, A, already had a very big presence and also like wallpapered train stations throughout New Jersey uh, as soon as they opened. And they, they've been open longer than most of the other ones. Uh, Monmouth Park made 900000 Borgata, 855000 Ocean, 520000 Harris, 300000 You know, Harris and Bally's, I think, opened a little later in the month, uh, Bally's 270, Golden Nugget 215, and Resorts 98,000. So um, racetracks really dominated the in-person sports betting market. Uh, DraftKings was the only online market for the first for for three weeks out of August. So, you know, a a big part of them just making a bunch of money is that they had that first mover advantage in terms of online. It'll be interesting to see what William Hill uh, and MGM take in now that they are also involved, if, if their numbers start to go up. But it uh, seems like people are pretty happy with the revenues. The numbers seem pretty good. Uh, what else? Anything else on sports betting or should we just get to the actual stuff? I mean, it's it's going to be sort of hard to parse out what this means for, for brick and mortar because we really typically focus on just the brick and mortar and not even get into the online, actual online casino stuff. You know what this kind of – the thing that jumps out at me about this is like it's going to make the people that were frothy for – north jersey casinos like even more frothy sure. when i look at these numbers i'm like oh my god a casino would just kill it in north jersey yeah that actually like, that's actually what is, i get from them that is something that i thought 
when I saw Meadowlands leading brick and mortar by so much. I mean, you're talking about three million there, nine hundred thousand at Monmouth Park. Those are your like import in person numbers, and both of those beat Borgata, which is the biggest Atlantic City brick and mortar uh, revenue generator for sports betting. So. Yeah, I mean, definitely it's going to be serious, serious fodder for people who are clamoring to bring that back up on a future ballot. I'm so. sure it will be brought up again Yeah, so in the not-too-distant future. Worth watching out for. Um, for better or for worse, there's only going to be more casinos and not less. Right. Anyway, we can get to the actual brick-and-mortar uh, casino take in August. So... I'd say kind of the big takeaway for me is traditionally July is the big month for Atlantic City. Like that's always, almost always far and away the biggest month of the year uh, in the city. And this year it actually wasn't. August more or less held its own. And I think it's pretty promising. And but not, nothing really big happened in the month of August in terms of casinos. They were all more or less flat, with the exception that Hard Rock and, well, Bally's, which, whatever, Bally's is Bally's. So Bally's went down about 9%. Hard Rock was down about five, a little over 5 But the big surprise was Ocean was up almost 25%. So I don't know. Do you want to talk a little bit more about any of those or anything else? So we talked a little bit about the July data, July twenty. 20- 17 had an extra weekend day, I think, in there. So there's that that made the, the jump in July 2018 not as big, I think. But so August of 18 and August of 17 were both, I think, just four weekend months. So uh, one of the things I mentioned for July is that there was like $25 million of new, basically new money, meaning like the increase from July 17 to 18. Because um, we had talked a lot about you know, what would Hard Rock and Ocean bring in and what percentage of that would be an increase over the old money, which isn't a perfect way of doing it because you don't really know what they would have brought in if these new casinos hadn't come in, but uh, that's all too detailed. But anyways, $47 million is the difference between August uh, 2018 and August 2017. So it's a much, much bigger jump, which to me, that number is very promising on a, mm-hmm. on a full resort-wide level. Yeah, it's 20% up year over year. Yeah, so I, I think that is something that makes me much happier than anything I saw in, in July, mm-hmm. even though I, I actually kind of think that on a casino-by-casino casino level, like there's some real stinkers. I'm not huge stinkers, but some disappointment in here. Right. I mean, though, it must be said, uh, we're talking about, what, 46 more million dollars between the two years and 49 or $50 million just from Hard Rock and Ocean this year. So, yeah, the other casinos went down a little bit. But honestly, going down a little bit is not a bad thing. No, I think we that's... We have two new casinos in the town, so... That's, it's pretty good. I mean, the flip side of that is it's... It's really good that almost all the revenue is is seemingly new revenue if you're just taking this one month look, which is obviously flawed, but it's yep. it's basically all we have to go by. Um, the bad thing is it's fifty million dollars between those two casinos, and that is not really what we were hoping for for August. You know, they've been open for a month and a half, uh, you know, to, to now like two and a half months. They should have had some time to get some of the kinks worked out, to do their marketing, to get people in who are now repeat customers, or to get people in from other casinos. So to see uh, to see Hard Rock actually go down from July 
was a little disappointing, even though, like you said, July is usually August is usually a a, a little bit worse month. Um, mm-hmm. Though I've actually looked back more years now, and that actually turns out it's probably fairly flat between the two. So uh, it being flat again maybe is not the big deal I made it out to be. Yeah, but uh, so what do you think about the the numbers specifically? I mean, Hard Rock making thirty point seven, thirty point eight million dollars. Uh, you know, we talked about thirty two point four last month not being really yeah. what we were hoping for. Not the disaster that Ocean was, but but not really what we, what you're hoping for. I mean, going down further, that's not a good thing. So, uh, I think Hard Rock being in fourth place among the casinos in Atlantic city is a big disaster for them. I think that they would be just tremendously disappointed by that. If they knew that's where they were and that's more or less been where they've been the last two months. Uh, I mean, they were technically in third, but just under a million dollars more than Harrah's last month. So I don't think that's where they wanted to be. I I know we were both aiming for them to be kind of in a solid second place. And I I believe that the prediction was made by one of us that they would even surpass the Borgata in a month in 2018, which now looks completely preposterous. I think we both thought that it would happen at some point. Yeah, I think we both may have may have went with true on that prediction, which was not our finest moment, but. That's why the people tune in to see us make fools of ourselves. Yeah, well, there, we can provide plenty of that. Uh, yeah, yeah, lots I, more to come. Yeah, I was I was really disappointed by th- by that take because I had tried to excuse it away as like, oh, maybe it's a lot of free play and stuff where people you know are coming in and getting their rocket royalty and maybe they would have gambled more, but they're getting hundreds of dollars in in free play. Does not seem to be the case. So. Yeah, I mean, they need to, to do something, whether it's marketing magic or what. And, and I mean, they they do have a lot of cash. Like, Seminole Hard Rock is apparently has a lot of cash on hand and doesn't have to worry too much about it. And they may be drawing a lot of revenue from non-gambling, like restaurants and bars. They certainly have a lot of restaurants there. They do the concerts. So, you know, this doesn't tell the whole picture, but... I would think that if you're drawing a bunch of people to all that other non-gambling stuff, that would just filter to the gambling revenue at some point. I mean, Borgata has a ton of shows and a ton of restaurants, and and they're making you know seventy plus million dollars a month in in the summer months. So that's um, kind of where I'm at on Hard Rock. Do you have anything else to add, or do you want to talk Ocean? Yeah, I mean, it's just disappointing for Hard Rock, but yeah, we can talk a little bit about Ocean. So not in last place. Not in last place. I will say there's a lot of good and a lot of bad. Uh, <laughs> so being up 25%, that's very good. But Mother I think if you day. told them they're going to make, you know, $34 million total between July and August, that's <laughs> really awful. Yeah, that's bad. Really awful. Uh, yeah, that would be... It looks like them and resorts are pretty much would be tied uh, if you aggregate over the two months for last place in the in the city. And it's just so I don't know. I think the thing with Ocean is we need to kind of wait and see. Like, is it possible that it was like this is building on their July and it's going to keep building? I mean, maybe not in absolute terms because we're getting towards the down season, but in relative terms to the other casinos like maybe they're going to outperform for the rest of the year compared to how they did in July. 
and that would be good or is this just kind of like some fluke yeah and we're talking about under four million dollars so i don't think we we know quite yet yeah i mean and, and i mentioned you know our rock has all these restaurants and shows and stuff that they can draw revenue part of the problem to me is that is that ocean doesn't really have that yet i mean they certainly have restaurants and and shows but not nearly as many shows as hard rock the restaurants some of them are still not open yet um i don't think they have quite the restaurant selection that that hard rock has um you know cereal town's not open yet and that's going to be a big revenue driver surely when it opens yeah that's it's going to be a lot of money for sure i mean the markup on cereal is huge right like it's, it's prints money um so I mean that we do know that their sports book made about five hundred thousand dollars, so so that gets them to twenty million, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Hard Rock, Hard Rock doesn't have a sports book, so yeah, it's take that. Uh, but yeah, I mean that that number. I hate that I'm already sort of moving the goalposts so far back to uh, or up or whatever it would be to where it's a shorter kick to what I would deem a success. But at this point, I'm just looking for. Some month-over-month growth, or I guess at this point, some sort of staying steady instead of going back down to like $15 million in September. Uh, so we'll see if, if that actually happens. But the, yeah, I mean, the, the numbers have not been good. And we and we don't know what kind of runway they have. Like, we, we know Hard Rock is a wealthy company. We don't really yes, know they have, what Hard the Rock certainly has for. a lot of runway. We're not, we're not sure with Ocean. Though... Everything we've been reading from Bruce Dyfix says he, he says two things, and one is he's in this for the long haul. He says that in every single interview he's in, and the other thing he says in every interview is he is cash flow positive. That is his quote. He says that in every interview. So um, that doesn't necessarily mean he's profitable, but he's cash flow positive. I mean, who knows what his debt structure's like, or there's a million other ways you could be cash flow positive, but not necessarily making money. Uh, hypothetical question for you on this topic. Say that Ocean did not actually open yet. Say they were like, we're not ready yet. Cereal Town is not done, and we cannot open until Cereal Town is done. Uh-huh. You know, and the buffet and other stuff. Is Hard Rock making $49, $50 million, which no, is basically not, the addition? Abs- absolutely not. <laughs> How, do you think that they take they would take an outsized portion of, of what yeah, they, Ocean is I think is they gonna... would. I, I suspect they would take more as a percentage of oceans money than anywhere else yeah but, I mean, the, the location alone right and the fact but that i don't think they would take like 50 percent of it or something i wouldn't be surprised if it's close maybe i don't know because I, I wonder how many people are going to these two properties who are just like i want to see the new properties mm-hmm. and if there's only one new property well i mean there also is the thing of if there's only one new property maybe people are like eh, one new property whatever it's still the same ac two new properties it's you know whatever more than 20% new casinos now in AC. Mm-hmm. Trying to get so, into the psyche of the people who are going to Atlantic City. Yeah. So, again, I think they're... I'm going to start a line of discussion. And if this 25% increase from a incredibly low number to a still low but not as embarrassing number is the start of something new, the whole line of discussion is going to be ridiculous in a few months but that's fine i'm willing to take that chance but like what's up with ocean right i was there Mm -hmm. uh last month a few weeks ago and i didn't like i don't think they're doing anything wrong right like everything i do like all the little things they seem to be doing right like 
just like my interactions with the employees have all been great. And I don't know. Do you have any ideas of like either like what's gone wrong there or like what they can do to try to make it better for themselves? I mean, I think those two very different questions because I think a lot of what's gone wrong is sure. This... Other than like the hotel doesn't connect to the casino and you right. have to take five ridiculous escalators to get to the lobby and yeah i mean the thing that really struck me when staying there is that it feels when you're in the hotel portion or upstairs by the lobby or even out front like it feels very like tropical resort almost like just very beat i mean it is ocean like it's the perfect name for it uh but it really feels like the casino is a separate thing. It's like a separate entity that you don't feel forced to go through at all. Uh, so it maybe is even a little bit inconvenient to go to either from outside or from your room. I mean, that's a major problem, I think. Um, but, you know, since that's not really fixable, the other thing that I sort of keep coming back to is like, it felt kind of unfinished when I was there in uh, July or whatever it was. And, mm -hmm. You know, they it does feel like it, they're a little light on the restaurant options. Um, there's there's no buffet. Uh, the sports book wasn't completed yet, which it is now. And I think people, especially with the hesitance that they, I don't know if that's a word, uh, that they have going, knowing that it was Revel and that it was a failure, going and seeing this unfinished thing and having to sort of think about it in their mind what it would be like when it's done I think there might be a sense of disappointment when they get there and it's they see construction and and feel like oh man this is revel all over again. And so I think part of it's just that experience that hopefully as it's more fully realized and people go and they see the full thing with the sports book done and more restaurants open and everything they're like okay no this is this is new and and different and I really love it or even if they just feel like it's the same as revel but they still really love it like that's fine. But I, I do think the construction's an issue. I mean, much like Park MGM, which used to be Monte Carlo, like people stayed away in droves during the construction of that. It was a much bigger construction project. But I, I think MGM was like weirdly even taken aback by how well, bad that that property did while they were doing work on it. I think that's a bit. I mean, that was like really major construction with scaffolding. And yeah, it's not the same as what's happening at Ocean yeah yeah i mean that's true because at some point you know if you go to vegas in december or january like you're just going to see temporary walls up because that's the construction time like restaurants are getting changed out casino floors are getting rearranged so it's you know you don't even really think about it when you go to vegas during that time so i mean i do think this was a little bigger than that like it wasn't just temporary walls it was mm -hmm. you know major work being done and <laughs> it was major work but, just walking it i mean yeah yeah, I mean, what do you think? Do you think there's things that they can be doing differently right now that they can maybe start to turn the tide? I mean, you turn the tide, like they did have that improvement, but like keep that improvement going? I don't know. And that's, I mean, that's kind of the reason I asked the question is, so obviously the Revel had a lot of problems. And, you know, one of them was that how they laid out their property is bad. Um, how they didn't expect or want to get gamblers into the property. That wasn't smart. Like their debt load when the property opened, that was terrible. Their contract with the power company, that was awful. Right. Mm -hmm. And like, you take all those things together and like, of course, rebel could never succeed. Ocean 
you know, doesn't have the debt load. It doesn't have the power company. They're by all accounts treating gamblers very well. Um, the problem is like, how much does the layout really matter? I mean, it is a really bad layout, I think. And like, just the fact that you like, how off putting is it that you have to, to get to the casino you know, go up the little stairs outside, go through the door, go up the escalator, and then kind of go walk into the casino through, like, another little separator, right? Right. I mean, is that really fatal for the property? You That's the question I don't, I don't, I don't have the answer. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I, I mean, it's w- really I terrible. Said no. I would have said no, it's not, but apparently I'm, I'm being proven wrong. I mean, you mentioned all of these major issues, Right, with with Revel. And, and there were certainly mm-hmm. tons of, like, the no smoking thing. And everybody said, oh, you're an idiot yeah, for having no smoking. Of course Revel failed. And I feel like there's so many big things that people say, well, this happened, so of course Revel failed. And this happened, the layout, so of course Revel failed. And the right. power company, and so of course Revel failed. I, I think, and you can disagree with me if, if you think I'm wrong, but other than the layout, which is not a fixable thing, like, Ocean is doing everything right. In my eyes. Yeah, and so that is what scares me, because they fixed all the fixable major, like, of course, Rebel failed things. The other big thing they can't fix, and so that, that to me means either it's not fixable, or you have to get every minor thing right, because it's not going to be one big thing that you can just change. And that, so that is, is sort of what scares me, is like neither of us can come up with a big thing that they have to change to start getting people in the door. Like they are treating players, right? They're giving good comps. Um, you know, maybe, maybe they will be able to have a second wave where they're able to do sort of what hard rock did, where they offer free rooms and stuff because they kind of had some issues where they unveiled their rules for tier matching without really knowing hard rocks. And then hard rock ended up being really generous with giving rock royalty and then Ocean had to give everybody black card, and so then they had way more black card people than they wanted to have, and they have to now pair that back. Like maybe they can sort of hit the reset button on that now that like Hard Rock's tier matching is is it done? Can you still match up to? I mean, well, the, either way, their tier matching is done, so they can reset to uh, to to now actually set new rules for themselves, knowing the market better. So that's one thing, but like. There's nothing else that you can really say. Like, if they fix this, it'll make a big difference. And that's that's scary. Yeah. I mean, I think at the end of the day, it's just laid out so poorly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, the rooms are gorgeous. I love the casino floor. I think it's gorgeous. I think the casino's fine. I think, okay, like, I don't think their food or drink offerings are the greatest. I mean, I think Tropicana, Borgata, like, blow it out of the water. But that's not surprising or a bad thing i mean those are the two classes of atlantic city when it comes to that so that i think their food and drink offerings are okay their casino floor is okay i mean it's really the rooms that that carry it in my mind Mm -hmm. and like some of the common spaces like up near the lobby does it feel like it needs a little more variety in food offerings like to me even like it's got the barbecue place and it will have cereal town that are like super casual low-end like takeout mm-hmm. places i mean or you know right cereal town maybe not takeout but like basically is like the continental breakfast of a restaurant um, it has things that we would call casual dining like the cafe and the 
Distrito and yeah, but like there's nothing sort of between that and you know even the Sky Cafe is pricey, uh, and then there's you know Amada, an American cut, and the Cafe yeah like you mentioned Cafe Five Hundred. I don't remember. Did you think that was overpriced or <laughs> was it generally it fine? Was... <laughs> I mean, paying any money for the service that we got on opening <laughs> night would make it overpriced, but presumably that's been fixed, I hope. But to me, it just the, does, price, the prices were fine there. They were normal. It seems to me like it lacks the variety of like what Tropicana has, which obviously that's sort of maybe the most variety in a, in a single Atlantic City property, but... You know, like a burger place and an Italian place and just and an, an Asian place and like all these things where you can say, if I want something, it is at Ocean. Like that's right. not, it doesn't feel like that's true right now. When I sit here and I think like, if I'm hungry right now, like, do I want to be in Ocean or like, do I want to be in any other casino? And like, what is there really at Ocean? There's not a ton. Like, not for me. I like Distrito. Yeah, but, it feels a little samey, I think, right? Like, even, right. like, Villain and Saint is supposedly, like, v- interesting food. Very good. Uh, Amada is, like, in, more on the interesting side. Even the, like, Sky Cafe is, like, for bar fare is, like, in- interesting bar fare. But, like, people don't always want interesting. Sometimes people are like, you know what I want? I want a plate of pasta. <laughs> right? And, and I don't think that you can get that anywhere at... Maybe, I mean, maybe all of Ocean is samey and that's kind of the problem like yes, i don't feel yeah. like their restaurant spaces like they don't feel any different right right no yeah i think that's i think that's a real problem i mean that's something you can fix though so sure let's do it hire us to consult yeah yeah i mean for me like given that i'm reasonably young compared to the average casino going patron and you know i'm fairly mobile like it's not a problem but i i think their real problem is like how many steps do you have to take to get anywhere in that place, right? To get from your room to the casino, to your room, to the boardwalk, mm. you know, to your room. It's just like cavernous and, like I said, laid out so poorly compared to every other casino. Yeah, and maybe part of the issue with the restaurant stuff is also that it is 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 related to the layout. Right. I don't know, like everything feels far. Like if you – there, it's not like Trop where you can just go to the quarter, right? And trap right. stuff's very spread out too, but it's spread out in like these sort of. But it's in two areas, distinct right? zones. It's yeah. the marketplace and the quarter, right? Yeah, yeah. And then now, like the Garces restaurants are kind of like right next to each other. I mean, but there's some places like so Borgata, like the restaurants are all over the casino, but it doesn't feel like that because it's not a hall to get from your room to the casino, and it's not a hall to get from the casino to American Cut or whatever. You know, I don't know. Yeah, I, I think I mean, it's. I think that is an issue. I think beyond the record, just the, inca- the like it being awkward to get places, I think you're right. Like people aren't going to go out of their way to like find things. For the, for the record, I think Ocean is going to do okay. Yeah, same. but I'm I'm just worried that there's fundamental problems with the property that are just it's never going to be great. Money wise, yeah, it's never going right. to like rake it in. Which you yeah. know, honestly, like if. If it could, I think you even said if it could do pretty well and stay open and still not be crowded, like that would be perfect for you, right? Like, didn't right. you say that at some point? <laughs> That's, that would be perfect. I love uh, Rivel. Yeah. It was my casino. Yeah, well, maybe Ocean will be your casino as well. 
I mean, I do have to say, like, when I see what my brother gets in in room offers there, I'm like, I should be putting all my play at at Ocean. And I think they're doing a really great job of attracting gamblers. Everything that I'm seeing, hearing, you know, whatever on Twitter or Facebook. I mean, I think that they're just hitting a home run with trying to get people in. So I expect and hope that we have a continued upward trajectory for them, at least, I mean, if not in absolute terms, like I said, and and they'll be doing better compared to their competitors during the downtime Yeah, in the winter. Well, we'll find out about September data in like 10 days, so. All right, so thank you guys for listening. If you want to reach out to us or any of our other listeners, you can do so at facebook.com slash group slash do for a win. You can find all of our great content at do for a win.com. Uh, find our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn Radio. Uh, reach out to Craig on Twitter at do for a win or me at Kyle Askin if you want. And send questions to Craig at do for a win at gmail.com. Anything? Nope. Done. All right. Well, thank you guys very much for listening, and we'll talk to you in a couple weeks. This was clearly written by a computer. Yeah. yeah. Gambling has shown to have more pros than cons in the society. Yeah. It's good. I don't know if that's true. Yeah. <laughs> that's I mean, us. clearly, we are big supporters of it, so. Yeah. How dare you besmirch gambling's good name. <laughs>